everybody. This is Amazing Fantasy Football. I am Josh, and over there is the Shane Vendrell to my Vic Mackey. Chris. I kind of have the Shane Vendrell kind of hair thing going on, too, a little bit. Me or you? We both do. Okay, Anyways. Right. <laughs> How are you doing tonight, Chris? Uh, we, we, we Before you answer, we sorry we missed last week. It was... Um, we didn't miss last week. We, we streamed last week. We missed yesterday because yeah, we, Chris was anyway. not feeling well, yep. despite drunkenly playing Rocket League with me. Yeah, I start to feel a little bit better around almost showtime, honestly. 7, 8 p.m., somewhere around there. and uh, I wasn't around at that time, so. Yeah, I got my notes started. Or my computer, was, my computer was ripped apart. That's what it was. Let's put it this way. I had done none, no prep whatsoever during the week because I felt like absolute poo. Uh, still not 100%, but uh, sinuses are pretty clear right now. Oh, it, it, guess what? You're still poo. I'm still I, poo? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Doom, we have our Fave 5 and not-so-Fave 5, or the unfave 5. Um... I mean, off season. Yeah, it's kind of off season. A bunch of head coaching is going or interviews are going around. That's interesting. I'm I'm a little curious of why everyone wants this Denver defensive coordinator. Like, I mean, they weren't that the Denver's defense wasn't that great this year, but yeah, okay. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, did you want to start or not? I don't. Yes, I don't, yes, don't yes, remember I what you said. Start. Um, so I have the fave five of the half of the show you uh, had the easy part yeah yeah i just get to sit here and just tell you how much i love these guys basically um to be clear uh for the audience uh, listening slash watching at home um i kind of work my way down the uh the final uh rankings with will the, their fantasy finishes um definitely wanted to get some uh, value uh, uh talk in there in terms of guys that weren't necessarily top three top five but we're gonna start I, with i was hoping the, you would yeah, but we're going to start with the top guy, Austin Eckler, the RB. Oh, I thought you were going to say me. <laughs> no, no, you do not play running back in the NFL. But I uh, could keep keep your dreams alive there, buddy. One of these days. <laughs> Can you yeah. go into the NFL without having gone to college? Uh, yeah, it's just an age thing, technically. I think. I don't think anybody's I'm... ever done it, but. I'm older than some head coaches. Yeah, right. Is that, is that going to hold me back, Chris? Yes, yes, severe. So there are a bunch of Asian assholes in the NFL. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. I want, I Just want younger right, guys. Now that we've established that, go, go ahead, keep going. Uh, Austin Eckler, the RB1. Uh, his ADP was 3.5, uh, the RB3. So, I mean, that math is easy. Roughly the third overall pick, fourth. 3.5 is an Why average. Oh, that's what Picky was going as. I'm like, yep, that's his ADP. That's what Picky third, was going as. Middle of third round. Oh no, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Beginning of the first. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Uh, score 312.2 fantasy points in 16 games. Some of these stats I'll throw out will be on a fantasy season basis, so it'll be like a 16 game finish. I actually put both in some instances. We'll get to that later. Uh, I included this guy basically because I'm upset that I could not trade him for a first uh, plus in Dynasty. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but seriously, Eckler was everything you could have ever hoped for in an early first round pick and then some. 
obviously, uh, if you're a caveman and you play in a non-PPR league, he wouldn't have been nearly as valuable due to his... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if you should be insulting people like that. The caveman? <laughs> or the people that play in standard leagues. I don't even say it to call them standard Both. anymore. Well, hey, man. I just think it's silly. Anyway, he wouldn't have been as valuable if you were in a non-PPR league. Due to his uh, 107 catches on 127 targets, that's the full season, uh, we all know he makes his hay in the receiving game. But with 915 hey. rushing yards, this is the total season, not just 16 games. With 915 rushing yards and 13 rushing touchdowns, second best behind only Jamal Williams, he was more than adequate on the ground. In fact, he scored the most touchdowns uh, out of any player in the last two seasons, for your information at home there, folks. Uh, where I think Eckler really shined was in the red zone. He led the league with 130.9 fantasy points scored in the red zone, with 11 of his 13 rushing touchdowns coming from within the 20, aka the red zone, and six of them coming from inside the five. Not bad for a scat back. I'm gonna interrupt you real quick. Do you remember before the season started that like they were talking about Isaiah Spiller coming in and being like the short yardage guy and he's gonna be the goal line guy and all that. Remember all that? I Remember do. all that crap? I do. I do. And I'll get Remember to all that, that manure that got shoveled, shoveled around a little bit? Man, yeah. That was pretty terrible. Yeah, me and you were pretty high on Eckler though. I want to say he was at least both of our top four backs. I think it was mainly just because of the receiving work. Like he's out there almost oh, all, sure. the, all the darn time. But he's Keep got going. a nose for the end zone, Sorry. clearly. Uh, speaking of Spiller, I'll, I'll get to him in a little bit. Um, I don't see myself investing another top three to four pick in Eckler. I mean, I hope his ADP drops some. Uh, then I would consider him in the first, definitely still in the first. Uh, but I worry Isaiah Spiller will take some carries and red zone opportunities from him in order for the Chargers to extend his career. But this year showed us what a scoring weapon Eckler is when healthy the whole season, basically. Yeah. Really impressed. Really impressed with him. Um... Isn't he like 28, 27, 27? That's not terrible. Sounds about right. I'll look it up real quick. He's 5'8". Wow. I knew he was short, but damn. Uh, anyways, uh, is that all you got to say about Eckler? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm going to go on to my least favorite person first. And I kind of sort of went in the order of RA of ADP. Um, they're all more or less first and second round guys. Not all of them, but most of them are. So let's start with the consensus 101 going yeah. in, in drafts yeah. last year. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor. I, okay. And before I start, to, before I continue, I kind of sort of avoided players that got injured. Like I know Taylor did, but I'll get to why he's uh, first on the list. Um, I, I thought about J, uh, J.K. Dobbins, but that was a lot of injury in there. So I was kind of like, eh. Um, anyway, so injury, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, there's a few guys on here that miss games and everything, but it's more about overall production. Anyways, okay. So Jonathan Taylor, you know, multiple reasons. Uh, as a Colts fan, I was looking forward to JT dominating this year, man. Like, I, I, like he was good last year. I was looking for him to be great again. But I'm going to be blaming Frank Reich a little bit on this. The uh, offensive coordinator, Coronado or whatever his name is. I don't really remember. I didn't bother looking it up either. Um, everyone top to bottom. It wasn't just Matt Ryan's fault. I mean, the offensive line fell apart. And with some good pieces on that offensive line, they still end up being uh, PFF's 12th overall. Um, 
to somehow they went from 12th and the end of 2021 to 18th this year um i'm not sure how at one point they were ranked last like the worst offensive line in football mm. this year so they climbed up from the basement to mediocre and i just i don't know man um anyways as the consensus 101 like i said for, for about jt and the colts in general uh hurt people and multiple ways taylor only played in 11 games so he's the he's the one guy on the list that missed the most games one guy on my list that is um but he also got hurt after but uh, so he missed what that's six weeks but essentially he missed seven because the game he got hurt and he was he got hurt on the second play of the game so we'll call it 10 full games yeah, that he yeah. played and when he was playing at full strength he was averaging a flat 11 points per game that's for a back that you drafted at the very first pick overall is supremely disappointing that would be the i believe i have it written down as tied for the 24th best on a average game basis amongst all running backs this year um, and that was all running backs for more than seven games let's put it that way yeah um so yeah that i mean real disappointing uh taylor was outside the top 36 backs of he was outside of the top 36 backs any given week of the 10 weeks that he did play three times. So three out of the 10 weeks, so 30% of the time, he was not even an RB3, only twice. Um, if you didn't, if you don't count the week 15 game when she got injured, um, he was an, uh, an RB3 only one week. So he was a top 36 back and an RB2 thrice, thrice. That's that. That's three. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> And he finished as a top bat, a five or a top twelve back four times this year. That's, I mean, that's good. So, I mean, there, there's, there was, there was some okay moments to JT, especially once um, Jeff Saturday took over. I believe the first two weeks he was pretty good. His, his um, uh, and he was, touches went up a lot once Saturday took over. Yeah. Average touches per game. Yeah. Um, and he was the the RB two on the week on week one and the RB one in week ten. So. It was kind of a shame that he got hurt in week 11 because that was like it was you know his best week of the year um so like there was some definite lows there were some highs to jt so that's gonna be good looking forward to next year mm -hmm. um I'm, I'm guessing that he's gonna be one of the many running backs going in the second round i'm thinking that this is the year that right receivers start to rise into the first round and maybe a tight end or two and then some running backs are going to start falling out of the first round. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of, you know, six RBs going in the first round, it might be more like four or five. And sure. I think Taylor's going to be one of those guys that fell out. Um, I, I've got to say that I'm, it depends on who the head coach slash offense corner it is that, that comes around. Um, hopefully, hopefully the Colts are going to be drafting Justin Stroud or Justin Stroud, CJ Stroud. I said Justin Stroud because I went to school with a guy named Justin Stroud. Anyways, um, I'm a, really hoping. Just a handful, what, three, I'd say, guys that are going to be at the top of the draft in the quarterback position. I want – there's one of two guys, and, and really is C.J. Stroud. Specifically? Okay. Or for that's uh -huh. Colts specifically. Well, okay. I mean, speaking of which, other than that, like who else is it that than uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud? Like – well, I Will mean, Levis? Will uh, Levis is like a the, consolation prize for anyone who doesn't get what's the first the Stepford or whatever the Georgia guy. I mean, granted, he's 25 years old and we, we don't have. And to he's to also him. like five ten. Yeah, I would. I would think you could. I mean, we haven't talked 
in any draft at all whatsoever, but just to go down a short, very you're short thinking, and, but You're thinking of Stetson Barrett. Stetson, thank you. Like the cologne and the cowboy hat. Um, yeah, he, uh, I don't know, you probably get him in the second. Is it a hat? Yeah, Stetson. It's a hat. It's a cowboy hat. Huh. The type of cowboy okay. hat, if I'm not mistaken, or brand. Mm. Yeah, I think, that brand. I think it's a brand of cowboy hat. I'm gonna, I need I, to get my cowboy days stuff. are way behind me. I don't recall. Oh my god, I forgot you were a cowboy at one point. You were a wannabe cowboy. I was a poser. Such I was a, absolutely. That's not. That's not entirely true. I did work some rodeos, so it's not like. I didn't oh my god, you did! Oh yeah, my god, I, I, I literally wrangled. <laughs> Anyways, it's <laughs> so weird to say that. All right, so that wraps it up. But I'm just saying, you know, you could go a, a, a different position, like a left tackle or a receiver, something that's also sought after. And get this Georgia kid in the second. I don't know. I mean, he's a winner. I don't know. I'd rather see he had a ton of talent around. You him, you, so. you have you have pick number four in the draft. You take a new quarterback and anything else. And I am not those guys be a fan next year. What if both those guys are gone? Then trade back and yeah. hope and trade back far enough that you get like Will Levis or something. You maybe know, like vet, maybe get a vet beforehand, like a Jimmy G I, just no. to play it safe. I, I mean, I. I don't think Jimmy G. If, you, if you're going to take Jimmy G. and, and be and uh, I don't blame you though, and and use him as a bridge, fine. But I, other other than that, no veteran quarter, no aging veteran quarterbacks anymore. I'm I'm done with this. I'm done with this shit, man. Like it's it, it hasn't worked out. Go young. Look at the yeah, long term. Stop looking. This season has has proven that the Colts have a lot more holes to fill than just quarterback. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't you blame know, them so, the previous. Uh, the Rivers season, maybe. That was good, and they're going to probably lose Bobby Okariki in in the um, off season as yeah. well. He's a great um, inside linebacker. Ah. Um, you yeah, know, their, like their defense and their O line really has gone down the last season and a half. I'd say. Yeah, let's yeah. so what's your next guy, man? Let's, let's stop. Let's, let's stop keep... talking uh, uh, Colts. <laughs> uh, Tony Pollard, the RB seven. Uh, reminder at home, folks. Uh, how I I figured this was I figured this was rolling around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, ADP of eighty-seven. For your information, that's the third Great. pick of the seventh round. That's seven point three. Uh, the RB thirty-four ADP. He scored two hundred twenty-seven point four fantasy points in fifteen games. Pollard was uh, speaking of uh, you know going more like a zero RB approach maybe in the future. Uh, Pollard was one of the best values at the running back position. Period. He's a perfect example of going zero rb and picking up phenomenal value in the mid to late rounds at the running back position dallas was one of the best rushing offensive in in the league this year well for most of the year till the end <laughs> they ended up the third leading scoring offense sixth in rushing attempts and eighth in rushing yards i think we could expect more of the same with a balanced attack maybe leaning slightly run heavy next year they can limit some of those dak downfield attempts and interceptions Pollard did outrush Zeke 1,007 yards to 876, despite Zeke getting 38 more carries on the season. Mm -hmm. Pollard had 39 receptions on 55 targets. Going back to the interceptions and turnovers I just talked about with Dak, I would love to see Dallas maximize Pollard's skill set by throwing to the running backs a little more. Uh, it might take a change in offensive coordinator, but that could very well happen, depending on what happens in the postseason uh, and, the, and the coaching market. Uh, and Pollard would excel in that role since he played both a wide receiver and running back in college. 
I think logic says Zeke will only continue to get worse with age and more usage, and Pollard could have an even better year next year. Except, problem is, Pollard is an unrestricted free agent. I thought he still had another year left. He's his his contract's done. And, yeah. and Zeke still has a hefty contract slash cap hit. Uh, just looking at the contract makes me sick, honestly. It, it, it's just where, such a Where do, Where do the Cowboys pick this year in the draft? I don't think they have anybody else's pick, so, you know, bottom 20? Bottom half. Like, wait, Definitely maybe at 20? Half, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hometown hero, Bijan Robinson, anyone? Yeah, I'm hoping there's some value at the end of second at the RB position. Uh, I don't necessarily go down uh, that path with my notes here, but uh, the thought had occurred to me. Yeah. Um, and he ain't going in the second. He's going to be going in the first. Late first. He's an RB, dude. You can yeah. get him anywhere. Don't do it. Zeke was not the fourth overall pick. It's dumb. And then you double down by signing him to a ridiculous contract, and then you double down and sign the quarterback oh, yeah, to a huge not, contract. I, I'm anyway, well aware, I'm well aware. <laughs> in any event, Dallas uh, does have a potential out this offseason with Zeke's contract with a $16 million, $720, I'm sorry, $16,720 cap hit and a $11,860,000 dead cap hit, netting them $4,860,000 in cap room and getting out of from under the contract that lasts through 2026. Wow. We could see, yeah, exactly. We could see <laughs> Zeke take a pay cut, stay in Dallas, and continue his short yardage, bang, bang between the tackles role. But who knows at this point? Josh made a great point about uh, the likes of a Bijan Robinson from UT. There's uh, other running backs that are uh, that are going to be there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, he's by. I think he's by far the best. But that, that's yeah. basically how I close. There will be tons of value at the RB position. Yeah. For that reason, um, Pollard's value is up in the air, air as far as I'm concerned, moving forward. There's teams that need a running back, and Pollard's pretty electric, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be a matter of he just doesn't come back because he gets the bag. He gets the money elsewhere. Now, I don't see him signing up like a Zeke contract, like 16 mil per or no. whatever. Maybe more like an no. Eckler contract, 7.5 mil per, 8 mil. I was thinking more like maybe 9 mm -hmm. per year on average. Yeah, it just depends on, I, I, I mean... They got to pay Dak. So what are you going to do? Yep. And anyways, and turn around a couple more years. They'll have to pay uh, old Parsons. Yeah. And they should, um, yep, they should, I could see Zeke take, definitely taking a pay cut. And then I could too. I bet he does. Cause he's, I mean, why not? Why, why go elsewhere and play? He's on not gonna, a, yeah. And he's not going to get where, well, I mean, like your, your chances of winning a Super Bowl are probably best with Dallas. You're going to go to like some team that has zero chance of winning a Super Bowl. Like, mm -hmm. and remember I, he I held know, out man. with two years left on his contract. So there might be a little bit of, I kind of owe him, you know, <laughs> kind of owe him yeah. back some, uh, yeah. they did you a solid. You can do the team a solid back. Yep. Buddy. That's exactly what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of who really needs like a bruising running back versus an electric. Anyways, um, my next guy up. Speaking of electric running backs, DeAndre Swift. Um, Chris, bear, Chris, remember bear. if if uh, memory serves correct, I believe we were both big Detroit fans this preseason, yep. and that kind of paid that kind of paid off. Like Goff played pretty good, even yep. when like Amon Ross St. Brown was not out there like playing for him. Like he made the best of his good matchups that he had and the one thing is is that swift didn't quite pan out i mean i i, I believe swift was uh 
was rolled into that Motor City Love I have written down there. Um, he, preseason, he was my RB12 going at the 208. And that was in my personal rankings. Um, ADP, well, Swift was going as the RB9 at the 112. Mm. RB9. Um, not too far off, but, you know, he definitely didn't return that draft capital. He ended up as the RB22 in the season with 11.9 points per game. Um, fantasypros.com this is where I got all my data, by the way. So that's if, we're, if we have a little bit. If we have a little bit different, that's probably what it is. But anyways, um, yeah, he did he and he didn't play in three games, but he was has four games coming back from injury after coming back from injury where he had um eight or fewer touches. So he might as well just you know, like part-time player just kept is up. the term that comes to mind for me. Part-time player. I, yeah, I mean, they should have just put him on IR and got him 100% healthy. However long that took, you mm-hmm. know, like Instead of rolling back out there and blah, blah, blah. Um, so eight or fewer touches. Chris, I, I got to say that I need my running backs to touch the ball a little bit more than eight times. Um, he was um, he was like hyper efficient. But then mm-hmm. I, I'd say seven, four point five uh, yards per uh, attempt. Only four times overall this season isn't being hyper efficient. Mm-hmm. And those four and a half to like more than four and a half yards per attempt was the games that he was where two of them were like before he got injured so yeah um he did score eight touchdowns total so that's not too bad for a guy who only touched the ball 147 times but it's also not great either you know so and that's probably one of the reasons why he ended up as an rb2 this year is because of those eight touchdowns if he'd only had like three or four the, Man, the, the be, usage wasn't there. He had to have the touchdowns to finish those. Yeah, two. yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look at Swift's weekly finishes and the weeks that he is accredited for playing in, um, that's also counting those games where he barely, barely touched the ball because he technically played. Um, he was uh, he was outside the top thirty-six running backs. Uh, two, he was only. Oh, sorry. He only has two out of his fourteen outside of the top thirty-six, so that's not terrible. Um, he was uh, an RB2 only two weeks on the year, and, but he was an RB3 in week one, an RB2 in week four, an RB, the RB, uh, the RB3 in, in week one, okay. the RB4 in week two, the RB number five on the week in week 13. So he had like, what is that? Um, four top five finishes in the entire season. So that's good. That's also why he got, um, he ended so high. His highs were high. His floor was pretty darn low. Um, what do you think he's gonna be doing next year, man? Like, I could see, I could I, see Detroit wanting to maybe try and replace him just because of injury. You know, like I think two like, reasons dude, you're good, but to replace him. A, and they kind of roll into each other. A, uh, I think Dan Campbell is gonna stick around for a while, and I think he deserves to. I like what I like what he's been doing. Absolutely, there. and I just don't think he's Dan Campbell's kind of back. I think Jamal Williams was his kind of back. Now Jamal still needs a needs help. He needs, yeah, he absolutely. Needs lightning to his thunder. Most NFL teams don't have a one A guy that's you know thirty touches whatever. But B also, I worry that DeAndre Swift will never be a twenty touch per game guy. I worry that he like he's going to struggle to be a fifteen. That's guy, what I was just saying. If, if if I can hit fifteen, he sorry. If he can hit fifteen, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. With his big playability and his efficiency, but with his health concerns, and, and again, I think Detroit managed the situation well to the chagrin of uh, fantasy managers. But 
I just don't know if he could do it, man. Yeah, I think I don't he, think I he think can they, be an Eckler or a CMC. It gets the ball I in think space. They, they, yeah, I think they they all they really tried their best with him, and he got hurt again. And yep. then they were just like, "All right, kid. Well, so, sorry, but you're you're a little injury prone." So and I think they we'll saw some of it there. coming, and they, that's why they brought in Jamal. Although they brought in Jamal the year before, right? Yeah, yeah, no. that's true. Year before, yeah. I Anyways, so. yeah, I I don't know. Like, where do you think he's gonna be going next year? Like, like, assuming they don't, they everything is exactly the same. Maybe they add another wide receiver to the offense or a tight end. But assuming they roll with the same running backs, you know, I mean, like I'll answer it this way. Round, where where do round? I feel com? That's what I was gonna say. I'll answer it this way. Where do I feel comfortable taking him? Probably fifth. I, I like it. I like fifth. I don't feel comfortable. I think he'll probably go in the third or fourth. Having but, said all that, but I, I mean, know. is there a world where Swift stays healthy the entire year? And I don't think so. He is, and he is like the RB. He's a he's a top eight R running back. There easily is. Because of his talent. Because of his talent. Because of his talent, yes. And but, the offensive man, pieces around him. It's a good offense. He is, yeah. It, 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 or it certainly looks like it will be again next year. Yeah, right. Um, I would hope so. I just, I don't, I can't trust it. I'm right there with you, man. I think a fifth is perfect. Like, that's, mm -hmm. I do there's distinctly upside there. Being, yeah, I do distinctly remember being lower than consensus. I don't remember where it was. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. Yeah, there's, I couldn't find your rankings either. Otherwise, I was going to, I should have put it. I would have included it. But, um, yeah. uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I think fifth is perfect. Like, and probably more like sixth than that way. Maybe he's, I'd like him more as my RB3, if, if possible. Like, I don't know if I want to lean on him week in and week out. Yeah, I feel comfortable or with if, him as a or, or, if, or if I'm taking Swift in the fifth, I'm taking probably looking for another running back in the sixth because I cannot lean on Swift, you know? Yep, and inevitably injuries will probably happen to one of your top two. That's the way yeah, things exactly. go. Well, if Swift is my two, then I'm, just, I'm my next probably my next two picks are going to be running backs, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, what's your next guy, Chris? Ramondre Stevenson, the RB10 nice. on the I like season. It. Yep. ADP at 91.5. That's about 7.3, so third pick of the seventh round right there with uh, Pollard, if I was not mistaken. Yep. Uh, the uh, RB36. Okay. Um, he scored 203.9 fantasy points in 16 games. Uh, another phenomenal value and another pass catching. Uh, do it all back. Uh, but with a larger frame than uh, Pollard. Not that Pollard's small. Uh, Ramondre was fourth among running backs with 64 receptions on 82 targets. However... Really? Nice. Yeah. However, with only six total touchdowns, I think it's clear Ramondre was in a limited offense. Good news is the Matt Patricia experiment is over in New England, and there's talk of them seeking out a new quarterback and better weapons for whomever is under center. Oh, no more McCorkle. Oh. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm a bit of speculation there, but I think I think they're done with him. Jimmy G back to New England, perhaps. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. Uh, with only three of those six touchdowns coming on the ground, in the red zone, you would hope to see more red zone scoring opportunities for Andre in 2023, since he is a big back who can excel in that role at six foot, 230 pounds. I also like Ramondre from a dynasty and long-term perspective since he was part of a committee at Oklahoma and only played two seasons with a limited 2020 due to COVID. He does not have a lot of miles on his tires, only 165 carries in college and 343 carries so far in his two NFL seasons. Obviously, the vast majority of those coming in this previous uh, past season. 
uh, and he's remained relatively healthy. Um, you know, you got to remember his first year, he definitely came in as the second guy behind Damian Harris. Uh, I think, more like the third, but yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think, was James White still there? I think so. Yeah, I think it might have been. Um, so, you know, clearly that coin is kind of flipped. He is the guy. I think Damian Harris has proved his uh, uh, limitations in terms of the receiving game. Obviously, he can definitely be a red zone threat. He, you know, back in 2021, he double-digit touchdowns, 14, 16, whatever it was. But I think Ramondre has carved out this role as long as Belichick is the coach. And if they could just raise the level of the offensive talent around him, uh, and particularly at quarterback, uh, I think uh, he could be a really good player next year. Um, we'll see where he goes because he did have a pretty nice season this year. So obviously it's going to get drafted earlier, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Ramondre Stevenson. Do you... So, I'm sorry. I was watching the collapse of the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Yeah, what is, like how do you or how do you feel about Damian Pierce and 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 uh, Kevin Harris? You know, and da not Damian Pierce. Um, Damian Harris. Harris and his brother Kevin. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if they're actually related. No, but, uh, <laughs> I don't think they are. Um, I mean, like. The only reason I am hesitant on Ramondre Stevenson, I will draft him moving forward like he is the guy, but man, Bilicek shenanigans really like, that's going to definitely drive him down in my rankings next year in preseason. I mean, maybe a little trepidation for me, but I think the Belichick sh shenanigans was a d problem until it wasn't anymore. You know? Yeah, I mean, remember like back in the day when they had like Corey Taylor and like um, Lawrence Maroney, right? Like those guys were pretty much like the guys. Well, I think that's because of the talent they had at the running back position. A, yeah. they weren't the most talented guys in the world. B, they were limited in certain facets of the game, kind of like Damian Harris. Uh, year, you know, yeah, he doesn't catch the ball. Yeah, and I, I don't think anybody expected him to, both in fantasy and in the, you know, in the uh, Patriots coaching room. Uh, and speaking of which, like a new quarterback, maybe doesn't throw, do, maybe doesn't dump the ball off as much to. Uh, that would worry me more than than the shenanigans, I suppose. Yeah, because okay. those receptions okay. really helped. Hmm. Okay, that, that, that's a lot of catches. I didn't realize that. <laughs> um, my next guy up is Alvin Kamara. Um, Kamara is another back who suffered from poor quarterback play and poor offensive output in general. Um, Chris, do you happen to remember where Kamara's ADP was according to Fantasy Pros? I do not. He was the he was going Seventh. at the one eleven. I was going to guess one oh seven. The RB eight into like, the first. Yeah, I was just I'm like, what in the wild world of sports is that, dude? Like. I don't know. Like, I, I kind of feel like the writing was on the wall that Kamara wasn't going to be very good this year. But I thought um, there was some hope for uh, Jameis, and then that just fell apart. I, I guess, yeah. Um, I, I had Kamara going before Swift in my personal rankings, um, so like mid second round. I, I, but and I thought I was punishing him there too. It's not that big of a difference, but yeah, it's still, I don't know. Um, when it's all said and done, Kamara finished as the RB eighteen. So, and he was pretty steady. He missed the first four weeks. Um, it, oh, I'm sorry. In the first four weeks, he finishes the RB number 47, missed week two, RB number 37, missed week four, and then it was at least a top 36 back every week except uh, weeks 12 and 13. But those were against San Francisco and Tampa Bay, who are 
both good at runs. They're both good run stopping teams. One's probably maybe better than the other. Um, just kind of depends on which day too, I guess. Um, other than those aforementioned bad weeks, Carr only had two other weeks outside the top 24 um, in each of those weeks. Um, so the big thing that hurt Kamara's season was only four touchdowns the entire year. Three of those four touchdowns came in one game. What? Three of them? Yes. Wow. Yes. He scored three of his four touchdowns on the year in one game. So great game. The rest of them weren't very good. Um, Ultimately, I'm going to compare Alvin Kamara's season to an Oreo. Everyone loves the cream filling in the Oreo, but no one really likes that cookie part. Um, So the first four weeks were the top top cookie of the Oreo, and he averaged 6.2 points per game, and he only played two weeks, but still, 6.2 points. Um, And weeks 5 through 11, 16.1, the creamy filling. And then in weeks 12 through 18, 9.68 points per game. Or the bottom cookie, as I'm calling it. So, yes. Um, hopefully better days ahead for Alvin Kamara. He's going to need a significant uh, upgrade to a quarterback position. Derek Carr to the Big Easy? That's kind of what I was... Pre- that's my bold prediction. Um, think about it. Like, their offensive line's right. not that bad. Um, they have receiving weapons. Uh, lost I lost right, a left or right tackle to a really good one. I'm, left left tackle to yeah. Jacksonville. Uh, Taron Armstrong. Oh, he left. Taron okay. Armstead. Left in that, uh, free agency. I got you. I was thinking injury, but yep. Um, so they tried to replace him. I don't remember how how it fared. But anyways, I think that's a little bit of an upgrade for um, uh, for, an up, uh, for, uh, for Derek Carr to go to the New Orleans. And not that Michael Thomas is the bee's knees, but Chris Olave looked great when he was on the field this year. Jarvis mm-hmm. Landry, I could care less about, but you know that there's talent there. Jawan Johnson's not doesn't seem to be a terrible tight end. You know, like Fair. there's talent there, and enough, and probably enough to, you know, maybe make Derek Carr want to go there. They Defense just make is pretty Taysom good, not great. Back. What is it? like? I mean, let's assume Camaro will still be there. To your point, make Taysom I, your second running back and your whatever he's not a tight end anyway, I, I, I got off subject i'm sorry he's not a tight end Taysom hill subject. is just gonna be he's like he's the gadget he's the swiss army knife of mm-hmm. you know he, he's like he has a pair of scissors that pops out of him and he has a little can opener that pops out of him and you know he can catch the ball he can run a touchdown you know da, da, he doesn't da, 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 have da. a knife on him weirdly da, da, but, da, 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 <laughs> right <laughs> go go gadget scissors <laughs> hey four touchdowns whoa <laughs> just it's so hey, to be fair he's a talented anyways. guy and he can help the offense i guess is all i was getting at anyways but yeah i mean like a significant upgrade at quarterback would be great um i don't think they're i don't think they're gonna be drafting high enough to actually get a, a young one or one that's gonna be like a day moved one up starter for Olave. i don't think they had to give up another first but they moved up for Olave. i remember that I don't. Huh. Maybe I should, Anyways, I maybe just, I should have the draft. I don't know. Up I know they. Place. I know they have a draft pick, but um, I just I don't think they're going to be high enough to have a day one starter and a quarterback. So why not take Derek Carr and give him some 11. money? Oh, that's last. They're year. in. Ca- they're in cap hell. That's right. So maybe not. Um. Anyways, meanwhile, back to the drawing board with New, the New Orleans Saints. Anyways, what's uh, your second to last guy or last guy? I don't uh, second to last, second I to last. have 
Kenneth Walker. I'm going to finish with two rookies here. Kenneth Walker, the nice. RB19, uh, ADP of 103.5. That's the seventh pick of the eighth round, approximately. The okay. RB38. Uh, he scored 176.1 fantasy points in 14 games. Got a little bit banged up there. Arguably the best rookie running back of 2022, thanks in large part to the injured ACL of Brees Hall and being on a much better offense than the Texans' Damian Pierce. Walker was a stud who, lo and behold, can catch the football. Huh, weird. <laughs> it's like we were talking about that in the preseason, Chris. <laughs> right. He didn't Just because the... he didn't do it in college doesn't mean that he can't. Amen. He didn't set the world on fire with his 2.3 targets and 1.8 receptions per game, but... In my recollection, Seattle doesn't throw to their backs very much. Nonetheless, yeah, probably with not a, enough, not, not as much as they should. But anyway, yeah, 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 exactly. Nonetheless, with a healthy ankle and with Rashad Penny out of the way, hopefully in 2023 and beyond, Walker can add to those numbers on top of his rushing prowess. Speaking of which, Walker was 12th in rushing yards and had nine rushing touchdowns in 2022. Seven nice. of which came in the red zone. Good enough for ninth best. That would be ninth best in red zone touchdowns for running backs. Nice. I like uh, it. Seattle was generally middle of the road-ish in both rushing and passing attempts and in passing and versus rushing yards. Pretty nice balance, actually. Uh, now, contrary to Ramondre from earlier, Kenneth Walker was used a ton in college, so he has a few more miles on his proverbial tires. He had 480 carries in college. Wait, wait, of... wait, 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 uh -huh. wait, 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 wait. So Kenneth Walker has proverbial tires, and Ramondre Stevenson has real tires. Are you saying Ramondre Stevenson's a car? <laughs> the Chevy Ramondre? I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, Ken Kenneth Walker <laughs> had. 480 carries, most of which came in his last year when he transferred to Michigan State. 480, it's quite a few. Uh, from a Dynasty perspective, though, he is still probably a top three back since he is still on his rookie contract, obviously, and has shown a ton of talent. It remains to be seen how good Seattle will be offensively moving forward, but hey, that sure surprised the heck out of everybody this year. So uh, I'm not anticipating a change yeah. at QB. Uh, they, they weren't very good today. But uh, Kenneth Walker is still going to be uh, highly sought after, probably an RB one. Yeah, Gino wasn't that good down the stretch, but that's fair. That's fair. He was still I, solid, I like I, but no, he wasn't yeah. throwing two or three touchdowns a game. And uh, I feel like everyone caught on to the Gino Smith shtick, and they're like, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if they'll have the opportunity to grab another guy. Although they do have the fifth overall pick because of uh, the Russell trade. Uh -huh. <laughs> that blew up in Denver's face. <laughs> hey, they might, they might grab a QB, and that would definitely, uh, uh, depending on the said QB, that could change uh, the value of Walker moving forward. But either way, I think he's going to be solid. Uh, probably an RB one yeah. if I had to go and put that out there. Um, I would definitely, I could see him going in the second or third. Probably more like the t the very beginning of the third next year. Yeah. It's probably he's probably going to go way higher, but that's that's where I'd like to draft him. Just sitting here on January fourteenth. Well, you've mentioned multiple times in the last couple of weeks about, and even tonight about going a little wide receiver heavy in the beginning of the draft, and and, and a tight yeah. end or two. Yeah, but literally only two. Anyways, yeah. uh, AJ Dillon is my next guy. Um, I have to admit, I definitely drank the AJ Dillon Kool Aid. That doesn't sound good. Um. I thought Rodgers was coming into the season woefully prepared, uh, and he kind of looked like he was. Uh, low on receiving weapons, which at times he was. 
And I thought that it was going to lead into a heavy run attack. Aaron Jones, the Lightning, Quadzilla, the Thunder. Um, I, preseason, I had Dylan as my 23 going at the 509. Uh, while Dylan's ADP was mid-fifth and RB24, um, I feel like... And Dylan actually finished as the RB25 in the season, but it was... Uh, yeah, he turned it off a little bit at the end there, if I recall. Yeah. Um, and, and, and really, if, and if memory serves correct, I really don't, it's hard to remember four months ago, but I feel like I put, I put AJ Dillon that low just to hedge my bets, you know, like, I was like, well, out. maybe what if he, what if he doesn't get all the work that we're, I'm thinking that he does, you know, but I like, dude, I took him as like an RB two in a, in a league. I think he you was know? going to get the work until he started performing so, uh, inefficiently. Yeah. And they had to um, uh, pull back the carries a little bit. Uh, anyways, so Dylan was the 10th best running back in week one. Cool. And finishes on RB3 th uh, one three other times. Unfortunately, he finished outside the RB3 range six other weeks and had five uh, weeks where he was an RB3. So, you know, like it wasn't it wasn't very good. You know, like an RB3 when you were drafting him as an RB2. And Chris, yep. I call that that he is the minority shareholder of a running back by committee, and that's exactly what he is. Mm -hmm. um, I and I also like I, like it was also that thing of um, Aaron Jones is hurt a lot, and I think he played in every single game this year. I, yeah, I drink that Kool Aid too. I was like, uh, don't get me wrong, Jones is the more talented player, clearly. Definitely. But I think they wanted to save Jones for you know maybe a postseason run or just save him for his career. I think he just signed a contract, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, give the ball uh, to AJ. A year or two ago. Yeah, and give the ball to a very capable backup in Dylan. And of course, the complimentary style, bigger back versus a guy in space. Yeah, I think the Packers just was the Packers were having a bad. real hard time getting getting the getting the uh, going. Yep. Like, I Offense think maybe in they general, needed. General O line. Their mm -hmm. O line was banged up going into the season and was throughout the season. Anyways. um... I, I, you know, to sum it all up, Dylan, he had four great weeks. Two weeks were okay, and pretty much every, every other week, he either hurt or killed your fantasy team. So, I mean, looking forward to him, like, he's a, kind of more of a higher handcuff to Aaron Jones. You know, like, maybe think of what, like, um, like kind of what Tony Pollard was this year. Like, you said what we thought Pollard he was going like to be coming into the season. Yeah, well, like, um, Pollard went in like the seventh, you said, right? Yeah, seven point something, seven point three. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's what where Dylan should go next year, like a, a handcuff, but maybe in a pinch if you really had to use him, like he might actually do okay for you. You yeah, know, he gets kind of guy. Throw too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Not um, and, and, and but he's also there too. Black like he's also there, you know, in case Aaron Jones gets hurt. And so mm -hmm. I don't know. That's kind of what. That's kind of how I view. AJ Dillon, you know, yep. there's the upsides there, but it's it's all kind of injury related to Aaron um, Aaron Jones. Tie to Aaron Jones uh, uh, health. Yeah. Health. Yeah. Like yep. you mentioned, week one, very good, very good. Um, top 10, I believe you said. And then it was not until week 12 on he was good again. So you're talking yeah. week two through 11. Man. But but again, he did finish. Just solid. murdered you. Yeah, yeah, but he did finish. But solid. I mean, by, but at that point, you weren't using him again because he burned you so bad. I bet some people you know? dropped him, in, especially in 10-team leagues. 
Why oh, I dropped him in a couple of 12s because I was just like, dude, you're bad. Like, Where did I have him at? He might have been a 12-teamer. Anyway. Uh, right. I actually went out of order, so I lied about my ADP thing. Uh, oh. Sorry. I just noticed Oops. that. Anyways, who's your last guy, Chris? My last guy, as I mentioned, I was going to finish with two rookies. Tyler Algier finished as the RB30, so a top 36 guy there. Um, ADP was 166. That's the eighth pick of the 13th round, RB52. He scored 137.9 fantasy points in 15 games. I wanted to include uh, another rookie runner who seems to, to be a great value coming out of 2022. Algier was great in his rookie campaign, eclipsing 1,000 rushing yards on a mediocre to bad mm -hmm. offense. I say mediocre because they were oh, actually... Yeah, I know, but they were actually middle of the road in points scored and tops in rushing. They were first in rushing attempts and third in rushing yards. Algier, uh, Algier had a very nice 4.93 yards per carry, and the Falcons were fourth with a 4.9 yards per attempt, illustrating an overachieving offensive line, commitment to the run, and efficient runners. Algier's drawbacks are wildly apparent, though. First, as mentioned, the Falcons were a bad football team, especially offensively with Marcus Mariota quarterback, uh, a defensive-minded head coach, and key injury to their best receiving weapon, Kyle Pitts, though they weren't very good with him either. Another drawback was the presence of Cordero Patterson in the backfield, which plays into the third drawback, receptions. Algier had only 16 receptions in 2022 and a 51% snap share. I believe both of these can go up exponentially with Patterson reaching 32 years old and on the final year of his contract with a potential out this offseason. And Algier can catch the ball. He had 46 career receptions in college at BYU. I was just, I was just looking that up. I was like... <laughs> All right, way ahead but I, of you. But I, like, I, but, I, but I actually thought it was actually the... Like, my memory was like, I don't remember him catching the ball all that much in college, but apparently he did 46 catch is it a solid. And, and vast majority of those came in as, uh, I assume, senior year, because I'm pretty sure he was a four-year guy. Last two years. Last yeah. two years. Um, and you got to give the Falcons a little bit of credit. They did have Cordero Patterson in the backfield. Like, he's literally uh -huh. kind of a running back receiver, special teams guy. Like, he, he, he's, he's great after uh -huh. the catch. So, yep. I get it. Uh, so, I think given a productive offseason where Atlanta addresses the quarterback position, thereby a better offensive balance with, a healthy, with healthy and more experienced pass catchers in Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and Cordero Patterson is either gone or relegated to a special teams role, Algier can could even uh, Algier could be even better value and a shoe in for an RB two in 2023. Speaking of quarterbacks on the move, I mean Atlanta they they need a quarterback. Yep, they do. I yeah. unless they're gonna unless they're gonna do some sort of mammoth trade to trade up. Well, didn't they try to roll out Ritter? I think they finally yeah, did at the end. He was hurt for most of the year. I don't remember him being all that great, but uh, he likes to run around a little bit. I know that. That's about all I can remember at this time. But it's not Marcus yeah, Mariota. I, I had such high hopes <laughs> for him too. Uh, I, I would hope they get an offensive corner that you know just, <laughs> duh, offensively minded because uh, I think they're retaining their head coach. His name just escaped me. Mm -hmm. Arthur Jones, Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith. Um, very defensive minded, and they weren't that bad on defense. Uh, and again, surprisingly. Very competent surprisingly competent and they are very committed to run and they ran pretty efficiently to, to the points that i made, i guess so. ritter wasn't terrible he i mean 
it was all at the end of the Brent season Campbell, after the fact, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't who's, know. Who's they might, watching. they might roll. They, but they're probably going to keep them and see what they can do with them. That's but, what I'm getting at. They're picking eight. There could be a bridge quarterback. Yeah, they're picking too. eighth overall. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. A veteran. Look at a veteran. There's a lot Anyways, of going to be available at the quarterback position. Yeah, a lot of there's going to be the deck is going to get shuffled rather thoroughly this offseason. Yep. Uh, my last guy is Cam Akers. Not a big surprise. Um, this is a guy. He was for some reason going mid fourth round and we were both very anti k-makers yep. preseason um rb20 off the board and k-makers actually ended as the rb33 um that was mainly because of the last third of the season we'll yep. get to that in a second but like i said i buried k-makers um ditto ditto i had him at the 905 <laughs> like rb41 uh, closer to his actual finish in ADP, so suck at ADP. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I never expected Cam Akers to go that low, but look at the guys like James Robinson, same injury, but at slightly different times of the season. Uh, perhaps sports medicine has actually progressed a little bit, and, you know, uh, where the Achilles injury isn't a death nail for a player's career. Let's hope for future players' sake, though, any um, – that is for future players and i maybe came makers just came back way too soon from that um achilles so. injury you know i think so like by the time he by the by the end of the season when he was actually playing okay it was closer to two years at that point you know um anyways uh acres he only missed a couple of games and i think those were the games that he actually got benched um before his benching, Akers was uh, averaging only 4.118 points per game through the first five weeks, um, never finishing as better than the RB21 on the week. So, yeah. Then he got back on the field in week nine, was even worse, and he averaged only 3.08 points from weeks nine to 12. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, then, and what's weird is when the Rams actually started falling apart, their schedule got a little easier, and they and they and at least when it comes to opponents' run defenses over the last six weeks, uh, the Rams faced Seattle twice, Las Vegas, who was not good against the run, Green Bay, who was actually not very good against the run this year, and a declining De Denver run defense. Oh, yeah, and they the were getting a little also worse. not very good. They were getting a little worse, Denver. I was going to say the opposite, but you're right; they were getting worse. But over that span, Cam Akers averaged 15.85 points per game. And, and he never had a weekly finish lower than the 27th best RB on the week. So, and, and he had an RB. Give him and credit. RB credit number four in there, too. Yeah. 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 So, like, the last third of the season was good, but it was also against pretty bad run defenses. And three touchdowns came in one game. On one hand, give him credit where credit is due. On the other hand, three touchdowns came in one game, really? Yeah. The Denver game on the ground. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I hate to say I told you all, but. I told you, Kim, wouldn't be all that. Um, like a lot of these backs, though, it was a struggling offense. The Rams are probably sitting yep. on that. Uh, are probably sitting on that throwing a crap after a completely awful wasted season after winning the Super Bowl. Like mm -hmm. just awful. It wasn't just injuries either. Uh, even when the team was healthy, they weren't very good. Chris, nope. how do you feel about the Rams moving forward into 2023? Well, speaking of the news, we kind of glossed over uh mcveigh is going to be back uh stafford that's that's good they're going to retain they're going to stafford's going to be back um 
Sounds like it. You know, I, I don't want to sit here and uh, sing the praises of McVay too darn much, but he's a very, very good head coach. He's a smart guy. He's one of the brightest minds yeah. in the game. I think with that, uh, almost alone, but also a really good, a darn good quarterback, I think they can turn it around. Maybe not next year and be the, you know, the Rams they were of uh, 2021, but be respectable on offense, compete for a playoff spot, and then, of course, the coming years, like a 2024 and et cetera. Yeah, I think... I think they can get back. Uh, running backs come and go. Uh, you could plug somebody in there, whether it's Acres or a young guy. Uh, Cup, I assume. Maybe a veteran. They, they sewed up. They sewed up Cup for uh, uh, several years. Yep. Yeah, I think um, they could turn it around. Yeah, I think we'll. I think we'll know very early on in this offseason what this team is going to do. And it's and with with McVay coming back, I think they're going to try and get back to their 2021 form. And they're probably bringing um, some. They'll probably try and bring in some receiving weapons, mm -hmm. one way or the other. And their run game um, was pretty good in twenty one. Like they, yeah, I felt like they shared the load a little. They need to. They need to beef. They need to beef that up a little bit. They'll yeah. probably do that. Oh, line obviously. With, yeah. I don't know. They. I think they only have like three or four. I don't know if they have to year. end up uh, trading one of those big contract numbers on the defensive side of the ball, like a Jalen Ramsey or a. a blanking Aaron Donald or lose one of them I to think retirement. Aaron Donald, I think Aaron Donald will retire before he lets himself get traded. I thought he you signed know? a like two-year extension. He was already talking about retirement, yeah, retiring was. before this past season, and I think if he comes back, he'd be like, I'm coming back, I'm coming back to play for you. If you trade me, I'll just retire again. Yeah. Or I'll just actually yeah. retire. Yeah. Aaron Donald ain't that old either, so that's weird that he's... I think he was a four-year guy in college, though. So he came in he's at 23. Three, 24 years old he's about to hit he's 10 years yeah no I think he's just kind of one of those guys that doesn't want to uh, put his real life in any jeopardy with injuries he wants to have a career and a life after football I suppose is the impression I get I'm sure, I'm sure he will and he probably don't want to stick around for a rebuild but that's what they're going to have yeah, to he's, do he's, he's 31 I guess so that's not it's not a spring it's chicken no spring chicken at, at defensive tackle slash defensive end yeah yeah, yeah. Um, um, I think that's why McVay was thinking about hanging it up uh, for a year or so. He was he, he wasn't gonna want to be around for a rebuild, but now he is. Uh huh. Now he is. Well, Oops. I don't think he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna be around for a rebuild. I think he's gonna come back and for a one reload, last, a reload, uh, one last hurrah, and then he's gonna go because he's like, no, screw this. I'm not gonna be around for. A, like, have you seen my head coaching record? I'm not tainting that with tarnishing that with a rebuild. Screw that. I think he, I think he had a lot of hand in the personnel decisions. But then again, I don't know. Approach it differently this time. Don't give away all your first round picks. I know it got him a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, dude. I know it got him a Super Bowl. You got you, you can't. You know, like I would die for a Super Bowl for my hometown team or whatever. But you know, it, it just it hurts your future. I think that's those mm -hmm. two, a couple of factors there is what really both for, where Aaron Donald and McVay uh, and Stafford probably were like, oh man, I don't know. <laughs> the Rams, the Ram, the Rams are gonna fall on hard times very soon. Mm -hmm. I just don't see them coming out of this. I, I think McVay's back for I, the, I, I, long run, if you will, three five years. I, I I think in three years from now they're gonna be a. Let me put it this way: I think in two years from now they're gonna be a. Two or three years, they're going to be like a 3-14 and 14 team. Oh, God. 
it's gonna get bad and it's gonna get bad quick it's not gonna be a great gradual decline it's gonna be like this year only it's gonna look a lot worse i think McVay can turn it around not necessarily next year i i think they can be reasonably competitive next year but i think moving forward i think uh, they'll be better than i disagree i'll put it that way i just they don't they don't have any draft capital and they're and they're probably close to being in salary cap hell as well. So, mm-hmm. that's anyways, what I, that's um, I was mentioning uh, uh, Ramsey and uh, Donald. Aaron Donald. They yeah. could be gone. They could be gone. They could get a pick for him. Yeah. Or two or three. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I think we should button it up. Yeah, yeah. We have been amazing fantasy football. We will be back um, hopefully on Friday as long as, you know, illnesses don't befall us again. And that we'll be doing, what, at least a couple more shows. And then we'll probably take a break for the off season because, you know, it's, there's not a lot to talk about in fantasy football. We don't get paid to do this. This is our hobby. Yep. Um, Inevitably, so draft time will roll around and we'll, we'll get the itch to do a couple well, shows about draft yeah, stuff. we'll probably do like a, we'll, we'll probably do like a month you know before and after around the draft and cover free agency and all that and after that just you know we'll take another break again mm-hmm. cool Sounds cool good to me thanks for tu- thanks for tuning in everyone we appreciate you and uh we'll catch you next week I'll stay